life, like, really strong in the past few months, um, which I guess that's what family's about. You grow together. So um, last year, I went through a really hard time where I really lost a sense of who I was and started just saying yes to everything I could because I was finding my identity and um, what other people thought of me instead of who I saw me as. And so I at first was feeling good and strong, and then I had a breakdown and realized I can't do this anymore. And so I completely shut down, and all my emotions turned off, and vulnerability went out the door, and it was just gone. And so that's when we started talking about boundaries and vulnerability. And um, Brent had asked me to start the internship, and I was a mess, and I was like, there's no way I can do this. You don't want me. And him and Suzanne were like, we love you, we want you, and all we're asking for is for you to be vulnerable and honest with us along the way. So I said, okay, like, let's try this, because in my mind, vulnerability was you tell them what your problems are, and you let everyone in the world tell you what's wrong with you and what you can change. So I was like, I can do that. And (laughs) yeah, not the best idea. So started this journey, and God started talking to me about part of having boundaries is knowing who you are and loving yourself enough to set up those guidelines so that your life is surrounded by his love and his presence and that what comes in is what he wants to come in and that it's not shutting down to everyone, but it's finding those safe people around you that you can let in and that those are the people that you can share who you are with and Um, I found so many amazing people this year that I knew were in my life, but just realizing that vulnerability truly is just letting them see who you are and being emotional with them and that it's not a weakness, but that those people that love you through that, like, it just shows you who you are. And um, I have, like, I work with Wildfire and Todd and Karina are amazing, and I've thousand, oh, love them. See, love. Um, but there's been so many times where I was like, Todd, are you going to fire me? Like, I'm such a mess. And he's just like, no, we love you. You're fine. Like, if you need a break, take a break. But we still love you. And so um, God started talking to me with the boundaries about what do you love? Because I had said yes to so much that I forgot what I loved in the first place. And it started with little things like I love being outside. So if I can do homework outside in the sun with a cup of coffee, it makes my entire day, even if it's just five minutes out there. And so it's little steps like that. And then realizing um, what I wanted to say yes to. And one of those things that God really put on my heart was wildfire. And so this weekend or past weekend, we went there for Valentine's Day um, weekend. And I was really stressed with stuff going on. And God was like, if this is your choice, then love them well. And so I was like, okay, God, this weekend I'm devoting to wildfire because that's my commitment and that's what I want to do. And so it was interesting because I have these kids and these people around me that I've truly let in and that because I've chosen for them to be in that place of my life and the boundaries, that they're someone I want to like share life with and do life with. And so they've seen my journey throughout. And just this weekend, I watched my love languages turn back on and that there were Things like um, touch and words of encouragement are huge for me. And touch is something that I really shut down because I had, it had gone to places where I had been hurt from it. And so 
I had shut that down, but then I realized these are safe people that I've chosen to let in, and if they're safe, then it's okay to let that part out, and so I was able to love on the kids, and, you know, the kids that were during the um, open time, being able to just give them hugs, and just, you know, being there and loving on them, and I realized that, that by me letting them in, the love inside of me grew so much, and I felt more myself in that moment than I had in a year, and it was like watching myself from this outside perspective and being like, wow, growth really does happen, and it just is that step of letting God in and letting him be the source of who you are and letting him tell you who you are, and from that, growing and believing it and loving yourself and then from that love, you're then able to step forward and share that with other people. And then there's people that you might think like, okay, they are people that I give a little bit more boundaries to, but that because you have those boundaries, you're able to keep your love on and actually still love them. And you're able to still feel safe because you know that you're where God wants you to be. And so... It's been really good, and I totally believe this with the church, because if I can have any breakthrough with all this, it is possible for everyone. So, yeah. So if I can pray for you guys real quick. I'm just going to release this. In the name of Jesus, we just release all the breakthrough over you guys. We just say, Holy Spirit, just release your presence. God, release your destiny over these people. God, reawaken those dreams that have been buried inside of them. God, reawaken that love that has been hidden. God, that has been pushed down. God, we declare freedom over your people. God, freedom over their hearts. God, we just release who you are over them. God, help them find their identity. God, highlight those people in their lives that are supposed to be there to run the race with them. God. Just show them the path, God. Show them the way, God. And just keep them covered in love throughout, God. We thank you for your peace and your healing, God, and your breakthrough, God. We thank you that we're allowed to run this race with you, God, and that we're allowed to just be ourselves, God, and that you ask nothing else of us except for being exactly who we are. Thank you, God. Thank you, Misha. I'd heard a little bit about what she was going to share, but oh, I know that was encouraging to all of us. I mean, just how many of you can kind of relate? Yeah. And if it wasn't having too loose of boundaries, it's the other way is too tight of boundaries. They both hurt us because they're both not who we are. Wow. So is there a, um, a clicker for the, if there is, that's fine. If not, okay, thank you so much. So yeah, I'm Susan, one of the pastors here, and I oversee Sozo, which I love because people come in and they just want, they want to go there. They want to deal with their stuff. And we're like, yeah, I've had to deal with my stuff. So any way I can help anybody else, I want to. (laughs) So I am going to talk tonight about something very akin to what Misha was just saying. I kind of called this getting rid, getting rid of, getting free of Saul's armor. So we're going to talk about that tonight. Because I think a lot of us growing up, we kind of, most well, many of us were raised in families where we probably weren't given a lot of freedom to explore who we really were. Mostly because our parents 
didn't know how to do that for themselves. So, um, so we're going to talk about this tonight. And I just want to start by actually um, just sharing from my own life. Uh, Misha was sharing how she had to open wide a boundary. Like, I guess I have to do live my life to please everybody else. I would say I came from a place from having too tight a boundary because I was raised feeling like it was my job to sort of be an extension of one of my parents and I didn't have an identity of myself. So growing up, I was like, you know, stay away. You're going to, I felt like I was being almost, I guess the word would be cannibalized is the word that comes to mind that I did, wasn't free to have an identity. It wasn't free to have my own thoughts or do what felt good for me to do it because whatever I tried to do was criticized and torn down and I felt just despised. Whatever I did, it was going to be wrong. So I sort of just pulled back and didn't want to open myself up to feel vulnerable and have dreams and have hopes because somebody's just going to come along and put a lid on it. Um, so when I first came here to Blazing Fire Church, <laughs> and I, this is where it's, I've never, I don't think I've ever shared this before, um, actually, but I felt the Lord wanted me to share this just um, because I think we, we help each other when we realize the struggles we go through, um, that we're all, we all have some similar struggles, don't we? And, and just things we're, we work through with the Lord. Um, one of my struggles was, because I was raised in such a very negative, um, kind of criticizing environment, I came here and everybody's always going, you're awesome, you're wonderful, you're beautiful. And I'm going, Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> it just never felt sincere to me. But it's, it was a very strong value of the house. And I thought, well, that's really cool. I'm glad it's a strong value for the house, but it, it doesn't work for me. I just, ugh, I don't know how to receive this. I don't know how to believe this. I was kind of suspicious, like, because my upbringing was, okay, okay, you're saying something nice to me. What do you want from me? Would be what would be going on inside of my head. I know, you're like, huh? <laughs> I know, poor Brent. I know, how many times would Brent say something really nice to me and I'd be like, yeah, try, try that again. <laughs> no, I just didn't know how to receive it. I just uh, did not have a grid for somebody me saying something nice and really meaning it sincerely. I just, and I even married to, into a family that was actually warm and affirming and affectionate, but I still had a hard time. <laughs> took a lot of years because I was a slow learner, but I, I'm learning now. <laughs> so the other piece I want to share was, um, so for years I sort of beat myself up and I felt like a misfit here. I felt like I don't belong here. All these other people, they're so nice and they're so loving and they're so sweet. And I really felt like I don't even know how to love. I don't know how to do that. Really, really, really. So we're going to talk just tonight a little bit about this whole thing, about how we wear stuff that's not who we really are, because that was not who I was, really was. But it took some processing and working through stuff with God to get free of it. And I still am getting free in some measure to some of that stuff. But that, that is not who any of us are. We were born to be clothed. Our armor is designed to be love, pure 
love. And we're going to go back to that theme again and again and again. But love is our strongest armor. It's our strongest defense. It is our strongest offense. It is a real thing. It is a weapon. And it transforms and changes relationships. It it transforms and changes our own hearts. So let's talk about this a little more. Let's see. Is this right side up? Oh, maybe I have it upside down. Okay. There we go. Okay. Um, you know, we sometimes need to learn to contend for this stuff. We were, we were listening to Danny Silk. How many of you were here for Danny Silk a few weeks back? And he talked a lot about keeping our love on. Um, and I listen, you know, when you're listening, you're like, oh, this sounds so good. This sounds so cool. But then you go home and you go, what was that he was saying? How does that work with my boss, with my neighbor? Danny, where are you when I need you? (laughs) You know, it's, um, how we make it look in our own lives. We have to kind of walk this out. So I wanted to go, go at this maybe at a little bit deeper level, more from the heart level rather than what it should look like. Does that make sense? Let's go about, because I, I need that. I need to know how does this feel here on the ins, from the inside out? How do we make this look? So just so you all know, just like me and just like Misha, all of us were born needing to feel like we were protected. We were all born with this very strong, innate, God-given need to know that our, val- our lives have value and purpose. And so the good things that happen to us help build that up. But unfortunately, the bad things that happen tend to tear that down for us. So um, um, the good news is, of course, God knows who we are from the very beginning. And he is not going to give up on you. And he's still doing everything you need. He's making everything available to you to create the true you that we're all waiting to to see and discover. And unfortunately, I can't quite see what that says back there, but I think I have it here that I can read it. Oh, yeah, a lot easier. So, yes, so we do build this armor around our hearts. We need to feel that protection. In Nisha's case, it was, I will feel good about myself if I can do what other people expect of me. That I get a little charge. It makes me feel kind of good about me. I know I've done some of that myself. Or I'm going to wall off and feel some take care of my heart because I am so afraid of what other people might do if I let them in too close. Neither of these extremes are very... It's interesting because those are the two extremes I was going to kind of talk about tonight because most of us struggle with one or the other of those extremes at different times. When we choose, choosing to keep our battle on, our, our love on, it can be like a battle. It can feel like something we really have to be intentional on, but uh, intentional, to, but also something we have to sort of contend for and battle for. Um, Jesus said, love your enemies. <laughs> he wasn't so much focused on it because it's easy to love our friends. It's easy to love those who care for us. But sometimes we even, it's our own heart that becomes our own enemy. And sometimes we're having the hardest time actually learning to love our own heart. And there's something we have to do to contend for that, to really know that I am exactly the person I want to be. I want to live in this soul for the rest of all creation. I'm so glad I was created to be me. 
And it is a battle to get there. It is a battle to get there. But it is a battle that is so worth contending for. And God is so glad to do that for you and be with you in every step of the way. So this message of getting free of Saul's armor, I know a lot of you um, probably know that story from 1 Samuel where David is the guy who's been tapped to take on Goliath because basically all the rest of them wimped out. Nobody else, that guy's big. Nobody else was willing to take him on. And Goliath was the guy that said, okay, I'll take on Goliath. And then it was, and then Saul said to him, Saul was the king, right? This big, tall king. And Saul said, okay, Goliath, uh, okay, David, you can wear my armor. And he tried the armor on and said, this does not fit. This does not work for me. I think he literally said, I have not tested this. In other words, I have not checked this thing out. I've not worn this thing. This doesn't feel right for me. This is not who I am. This is not who I am. And I honestly kind of think, I, I kind of wonder if some of David's, uh, some of Saul's offense with David might have started just right then. Like, what? Excuse me? My armor's not good enough for you? Who do you think you are, little pipsqueak? And then to sort of sashay up with a little, no armor, nothing, right? His little slingshot and a few stones to take on the giant. Really? Who do you think you are? He said, like David was, yeah, I think I am exactly who I am supposed to be. And I can take on the giant. Let me tell you, we can take on the giant when we are ourselves. Like Misha was just sharing with her. I bet, I bet Misha is feeling pretty strong and powerful right now in the way that, remember when Danny was talking about a few weeks ago, powerful is when we are being ourselves. Powerful is not when we are being intimidating or loud or demanding. That is not powerful. Okay, powerful is I'm on, I am myself. I am good in my own skin. I am good saying yes. I am good saying no. I like being me. That is powerful. That's exactly David's stance. And that's why he also said, um, while he was standing there facing off with David, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. He knew who he was. He knew he wasn't alone. He knew it wasn't just on him. And you know, when we're trying to armor ourselves in our own self-protective mechanism, we're kind of like not inviting Jesus in. We're doing it on our own. It feels like, we need that, but it actually is a very um, self-defeating stance to sort of put our own armor up. I, w- I cannot tell you how many sozos I've done where the biggest breakthrough happens when we're al- we finally get to the place where we're going. Oh, I want to let go of this self-protection. I don't want let Jesus be my protection, and to get in touch with your own tenderness of heart. Because guess what? It's not just you experience your own heart. You then get to start experiencing Jesus' heart like you've never, never known before. We don't even know how many times we're actually walling off him when we're walling off other people. We learn love from love, though, don't we? We didn't always have good models 
growing up, but love himself will teach us, will walk with us, will show us the way. And it will be just amazing. The thing that I really wanted to um, point out today, though, because sometimes we hear lessons on how to do, which is really good, the I statements and all that. That, that's, that is good, and I'm not saying it's not good. But the problem can be we can be so focused on the how to do it um, that we're trying to do it on the outside, you know, by trying to do the right thing and say the right thing. And that's, that's probably a good place to start, but where we want to get it is on the inside. We want to get this thing on the inside. And because in my mind, love is about the most supernatural thing there is in the kingdom of heaven. In fact, I heard something Bill, Bill Johnson said recently, that from heaven, miracles and just, just the natural stuff we do every day they all look natural to heaven, okay? Somebody being raised from the dead looks as natural to heaven as simply going next door and bringing food to somebody who's hungry. But love requires such a choice, I really think. It is just such a supernatural thing we do. You know, we're dependent on God for those Signs and wonders and, and miracles and, and healings, which are wonderful, and we love them. But we play such a role when we choose love. We play such a role. And it is, to me, I believe, such a work of art, such a thing of beauty, that heaven just like, wow, did you see that? Did you see that? They chose to love. Do you see that kind word that was just extended do you see they chose to reconcile do you see that i mean that is the stuff that i know it just gets god's heart so quick because these things um you know there's a cost we got to choose these things but they are such beautiful beautiful things so beautiful and they so change the whole atmosphere where we live 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6 says this, The weapons of our warfare are mighty in power for the tearing down of strongholds. And those strongholds include those self-protective mechanisms I was just talking about. Um, strongholds, according to the definition here in that, in that scripture, include things like arguments, theories, reasonings, and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. So how many of you know things like, oh, I don't know, being in denial, like I really don't know, want to, I really don't want to know how my behavior is affecting that other person. I just don't want to know that. Um, addictions of various kinds. Well, my little thing that I do doesn't hurt anybody else. Um, these are strongholds, things that we just choose to hold on to. The scripture is full in the Psalms, all over the Psalms. God wants to be the stronghold, the stronghold of the Lord. The st he wants to be our tall tower. He wants to be that safe place we run to. When we have our own stronghold, however, that sort of interferes with him being able to be our stronghold. That he's promised to us is this. Our weapons, the weapons of our warfare 
are mighty in power for the tearing down of strongholds. So you have by your spirit, the ability to deal with these things, trying to deal with them with our soul. In other words, by reasoning, by shaming ourselves, by feeling bad about ourselves, those don't accomplish the work. It's allowing your spirit man to reach up and grab hold of the truth from heavenly places and allow your spirit ministering to your soul you'll start tearing down those strongholds. Does that make sense? How many of us, I spent years, oh, years, (laughs) feeling very depressed, feeling very low self-esteem, feeling very sorry for myself. Um, Just kept cycling around that little circle in the drain, as we say sometimes in the medical field, circle in the drain. (laughs) You never go anywhere. Uh, But when we engage with our spirit man, We are mighty in power to tear down those strongholds that kept us blind and such limited views of who we really are. So I already kind of touched on this part, but there are, there we go. Those two different extremes I was talking about, being kind of hard-hearted and shut down kind of armor or the kind of armor where... Well, whatever, I'm going to live just to please everybody else, being compliant. Because we get the message growing up often that, well, isn't that what love is? Isn't love trying to meet other people's needs and expectations? Well, it might be. But it is not always that. That can often simply mean I am living my life to please other people because that makes me feel there because it is so hard to face somebody else's disappointment. And it is, there's no question about it. But as we become strong and powerful people, we're like, sometimes we do have to just disappoint. I have to disappoint people all the time in my medical practice. I cannot tell you how many people come in wanting, I need. I just came down with cold. I need my antibiotics or whatever else they know they need. And, I do have to face their disappointment, and it's not comfortable, but I also know it's not for their best. So, and we all have those kind of people in our lives that it is hard to say no to. Um, However, sometimes love says no. It really does. I know many of us had families where love just always said yes, but love sometimes says no. But you can say it with grace You can say it with keeping your love on, staying for that person, not rejecting them, not hating them, (laughs) not necessarily avoiding them. We just got to learn to get over, well, it's going to be uncomfortable, honestly, but we are strong, powerful people. I'm telling you, Jesus would be a great example to look at. He found himself in a lot of pretty uncomfortable positions where he was not pleasing people, but yet he did it, his love was on but he wasn't always going to meet their expectations about who they, who he had came, come to be as Lord and King. It's like, what? You aren't going to take on the whole Roman nation? What? What is wrong with you? What do you think you're doing? You know, just, yeah. You could just wipe these guys off the face of the earth. Why is it that you're allowing them to take advantage of you? He did not meet their expectations, but yet he always was loving and always stood in truth. Because he knew who he was in the Father. He so knew who he was. 
He was absolutely confident and never disconnected from knowing his love, how loved he was. So what would it look like (laughs) if God was your armor? What would that look like? Think about it. Oh, yeah, like that dog just looking out for you. Can you imagine? It's like, hmm, so that when I say no, and I know you're the one encouraging me to say no, I'll know you have my back. Wow, what would that feel like? Or when I say my yes, and I say yes to something that's very kind of going to take some courage, I'll also know you have my back, and you're going to help me do this thing. Yeah, that's our God. That's exactly who he is. So I'm going to show you a little video clip, if it works. And if it doesn't, that'll be not a big deal. This should be a a familiar um, clip to most of you um, from The Matrix, which is, I think, a good little little (laughs) clip (laughs) of that moment where he starts getting the revelation of who he is. Because for me, the powerful thing about, I think the second time I watched this movie, I was like, something really hit me hard. Like, oh my gosh, he's getting that revelation. We, we all start getting when we realize who we are in the spirit. It's sort of like, for me, that parallel between um, the rest of the world. You know, everything's what you can see, what you can hear, what you can taste on the natural realm which is how he had been living his life. He knew there was more, but he hadn't been able to tap into it yet. But then that moment when he recognizes, wait a minute, there is more to me because I'm starting to realize what the spiritual realm is really all about. Of course, in in the Matrix, of course, it's about the the reality of the computer system that has taken over the world and and that what looks like the enemy out there is actually just... Um, code, right? Computer code that is making him think he's seeing these three guys that are about to attack him. So let's just show this. Here's Neo. Oops, sorry. You're like, oh no. <sighs> okay, one more. Cool. Oh, there it is. Okay, we'll try it one more time. It doesn't want to start. That's okay if it doesn't start, Russ. We'll start. Okay. So what I want to say about this, too, is our strongest position. Now get up.
The point is, and there's actually something in um, quantum physics, which I don't understand quantum physics very well, but the power of Bob's observation, seeing something actually changes the physical realm. Seeing something in the spiritual realm changes stuff. Seeing yourself as you really are makes it start happening. It really does. We start believing it becomes who we really are. He got it. He's like, ha, you guys are just a bunch of computer code. I have nothing to be afraid of here, right? The enemy is not that much different than us. The enemy primarily is just a bunch of anxiety and fear, fearful thoughts that he wants to plant in us. Pretty much that's his tool. Yes, he does some other things sometimes. Most of what he does is to stir up anxiety and fear. And then he gets our thoughts rolling, and then we get our, get our eyes off of Jesus, and there we go. And he starts writing the script. We forget who we are. Our strongest position is in the position of being our true selves. I love that moment when, when, what was it, when Neil broke out of that guy and it all light. Did you see the light that came out of that guy and broke him to pieces? Our weapon, the weapons of our warfare are powerful and mighty for the tearing down of strongholds. They really are. Some scriptures, some rather curious scriptures, in especially Song of Solomon, to talk about love, love being the strong as death. Love is as strong as death. Love conquered death, so I would suggest love is stronger than death. Many waters cannot quench love, neither can floods drown it. If a man would offer all the goods of his house for love, he would be utterly scorned and despised. It's like, what? Love, the real deal? Nothing can compare to the strength, to the power, to the beauty, to the fullness, to the satisfaction, just the realness of love, genuine love. You are battle ready when you have your love on. Do you know that? When your love is on and you're in a situation that's hard, you'll just be able to stay present. You'll be able to stand in the truth, you'll be able to give the answer and it will be heard and, and respected. And how about this scene from um, Lord of the Rings, Suzanne? <laughs> this is Eowyn in that scene where um, the witch king has just attacked her uncle. And she's like, you just took out the one I love. Excuse me. So I think when she actually, she said, um, I am no man. Remember she did that? He's, he's like trying to put her down and you little slime. I am no man. I think what she was really saying is, excuse me, I am not a mere human being. You are touching the one I love. How dare you? I am not mere flesh and blood anymore. You have never faced this before, baby. You better watch out. And sure enough, they took him on. They took him on. She and the little hobbit, little tiny hobbit. 
he tried to come between her and the one she loved. And she said, oh, no way. That's real love. That is the real love God has for us. That is the real love he wants you to have for yourself. And that is the real love you're going to learn to live from as you love, uh, allow his love to come through your heart to those around you. That's the real love. That's the real deal. It's that tangible. It's that transformable. It's what we need. It's what our hearts yearn for. There is every single person on this planet wants this stuff. I've been to a lot of strange places, (laughs) sharing the love of God, places like Burning Man, places like um, New Age festivals, even at work with, you know, people, patients of all, from all kinds of walks of life. I will tell you, I've not met anybody yet with one, in one sh- way, shape, or form, they didn't want to know they were loved. It often carries a lot of masks and can look different ways. It can look like intimidation. It can look like fear, anxiety. It can look like can't stop talking. It can look like all kinds of things. But when you get down under it all, they all just want to know they're loved. This is, this is, we were born out of love. We were born to need love. It is who we are. It was, it was who we were born from. It's who we're going back to. Ha ha. Yeah. We're just practicing right now, aren't we? The enemy has absolutely no weapon against love. When you have your love on, the enemy really has nothing on you. He doesn't know what to do. Love is really supernatural. I know. Aw. Aw. Now, my, the Siamese cat we live next to is not like that. In fact, if you ever visit my house, I usually warn you against that Siamese cat, but that's so sweet. Yes. So we love others, but it's not about just trying to be nice. But we, we receive that love from God, and that's what flows through us. We walk, we live in that stream of, oh, he loves me. And when you start getting that revelation of how much he loves you, it just starts being easy to love the people around you. Oops. So supernatural love, and I, okay. Is that the last one? Okay. I really think when you look at 1 Corinthians 13, love, it doesn't look like natural love. It looks like, I don't really get you. I don't really understand you. We're different political parties. We might be different religions, but I can still love you. And I can choose to love you no matter what your response is. Because sometimes you're not going to respond like I would like you to. I can choose to accept you when I don't agree with you. Unfortunately, our, our politicians don't give us a very good example of that. But that's natural love, not supernatural love. Supernatural love just looks beyond that, doesn't it? Um, I think I'm okay. I think I'm okay, yeah. Um, and I think what's really important, this is a hard one, but I think this is a really important concept to grasp hold of. Our responsibility is to love. We are not responsible 
for the other person's response. And I think too often I do this, I've done this, I feel so responsible for how the other person's going to receive me that I, you know, what I do wrong, did I say that, didn't I say that quite right? Um, we aren't responsible for how they're going to receive things. And sometimes we can also do this thing of projecting ourselves onto them. Well, if I was them, this is how I would have reacted to that. Couldn't they see how hard I was trying? Um, we don't know. Sometimes people have just had a bad day. We don't know what they might be going from. They don't, we don't even know what might be going on in their head, what they might have experienced that day. So this is where grace kicks in, right? This is where grace is applied. I'm not sure why they responded that way, but I'll give some grace. And if, if possible, it'd be nice to be able to sit down and talk about it, but that might or might not happen. But giving grace feels so good. There was a time in my relationship with Russ when we were really working through some things and we were starting to make some headway and we really had to extend each other uh, just a sort of a covenant of grace, we called it. We're like, okay, we are really being way too hard on each other. Let's just start deciding to choose to believe the best about each other and assume that, you know, okay, he didn't quite react the way I wanted him to react, but I'm going to extend grace and I'm going to overlook it this time. We started doing that and I will tell you, it wasn't long at all. I started feeling oh, this feels so good. Like I really shouldn't have acted so short with Russ just now, but he overlooked it. Oh, and you know, when we start doing that, people are able to rise up and act like them, their true selves. Yeah, because we all have bad days. We all have little off moments, but we have grace for each other because we're all human beings. We're all limited. We're all finite. We all breathe. We all need to sleep at night. We all do all those things. Only God is infant knows all things. 100%, 100% has his love on all the time. And we're still learning to catch up with that. So, um, so we, give, we give grace and we're all learning. Let's see. I think there's just, just a couple more slides. So 1 Corinthians 13 says a lot about what love is, and I think it sort of implies a lot of things that love is not. Love is. Patient is the first thing. How many, how many of you have been going through something and somebody just was patient with you and waited with you and sat with you and listened with you? Oh, my gosh, that, is, that feels so good. Even though, you know, I feel like I'm throwing, I've, I've had those times where I feel like I'm throwing a little temper tantrum here, but they're not even reacting to me. It feels so good just for somebody to be patient with you. In fact, sometimes in Sozas, we will sit sometimes in silence with someone because they just need some time to process. And I'm telling you, those are important. That silence can be very important time where they're just, they're just deciding, well, whoa, how do I feel about this and what's going on? Um, Love is patient. It really is. It's not going to force. It's not going to push. It's not going to rush. Because that's about me and my anxiety and not yours. And love is kind. That is the second part of 1 Corinthians 13's definition. Um, I will extend tenderness and acceptance towards you. And again, whether or not you want to receive it, I'm going to try and be true to my own heart. Because that's who I am and that's who I'm choosing to be right now. I think it's very key to hear, see here, it says kind, not nice. Not about being nice. 
not about trying to do something that pleases you or makes you feel good about me. <laughs> it's about being kind. In fact, in another part of the scripture, it talks about how the kindness of God leads to repentance. Kindness feels so good. You're like, oh, I so want to let go some of this stuff that isn't working so well. It just feels so good. Yeah, that it makes you want to change your mind. Another, I think the last piece I wanted to bring out about what it love is, it is, is something that believes that you have worth. We talk about this a lot at Blazing Fire. Love believes you have worth and value, a destiny and a God-given future and purpose. And we talk a lot here at Blazing Fire about that because we want you all to know that, that we believe in you. We believe there's hope and future for you. And that is absolutely part of the definition of love. We know beyond a shadow of a doubt, God has put a huge destiny in each and every one of you. For each and every one of you, it's unique. And we're all here to help each other discover those things, aren't we, in an atmosphere of love. Supernatural love does not do certain things, however. It doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense, actually. Natural love sort of makes sense because you're going to get what you deserve and I'm going to reject you if you reject me. Supernatural love doesn't always make sense. Supernatural love doesn't have to always agree. We don't have to agree with each other and stay connected and stay and keep our love on with each other. Supernatural love does not insist on being right. I don't have to be right. You don't have to be right. And I don't have to make other people agree with me. Because if I need to make other people agree with me, that's because I'm feeling insecure. It's not about love. Supernatural love does not worry about pleasing or meeting other people's expectations to try and make everybody else happy. And supernatural love does not need to control or be responsible for others. That's called codependency. I know we've all, a lot, many of us have battled with codependency because that seemed what love was. Aren't I supposed to be responsible for everybody else? Isn't that what love is? Nope, not, not your job. Not your job. Our greatest battle, in my mind, my greatest battle has been learning to love myself. And I'm still learning in increasing ways. And as we so do learn to love ourselves, you'll learn how to really be yourself. We are so proud of you, Misha. We're so grateful for the example you gave us of what it meant for you to say, hey, wait a minute, this is who I really am. And just to leave you with that last thought, be yourself because everyone else is taken. I think it is nine o'clock, so I'm going to have a, um, take this moment, maybe for those of you who are parents, to go get your kids. But I did want to do just a little bit more in closing for ministry. Um, and maybe as I was sharing, it might you might have been um, it might have been bringing to mind any ways in which it's been hard for you to 
express love. It's been hard for you to connect to other people and recognize what that wall, what that armor might look like. What is it that you are perhaps afraid of will happen if you don't armor up your own heart, if you don't put that wall up, if you don't keep it there. So I'm going to encourage you to just close your eyes for a little minute and we'll we'll talk to God because how many know he's always talking to us. And I thank you, Jesus, that you're here with each and every one of us. You who dwell in each one of us in the fullness of the Godhead. You are ours right now because we've already invited you in and you're right here. And I thank you, Jesus that you're here for each and every one of us in the fullness of your love. And I ask you, Jesus, to just bring up, just bring to mind in any way where we have stopped love from flowing. where we were afraid that we weren't going to be able to handle it, where we were concerned about the other person's reaction. Where we are afraid that the expectations would be so high we wouldn't be able to jump over that. We just wouldn't, wouldn't be able to jump, jump through that hoop. just so scary to think, well, I can't control how that person's going to react. That's scary. It's okay just to admit to him what's going on. You know what? He loves you. (laughs) He loves you. He's not going to shame you. He's not going to be upset with you. He's just asking you to be honest about what's going on inside your heart. That's all. Because he wants to give you more of what your heart already wants. Now, I want you just to ask him a question as you become aware of of whatever that thing is that might be hindering you a little bit. Jesus, what would it look like if I gave you this thing I'm holding over my heart and I allowed you to come and be my armor instead? For some of you right now, I'm just going to say there's just something, there's some pressure coming up inside of you. Do you know that right now, Jesus' promise to you was, I will bear your grief. I will bear your sorrows. I will take your punishment. You can release to him right now anything you thought it was your job to hold inside by yourself. He wants to share that with you. It's what he does. It's who he is. Love bears all with you. Love bears all with you. It's who he is. It's who he is.
and show me, Jesus, what it's going to look like going forward, allowing you to be my help. Allowing you to love through me instead of trying to do it by myself. So I'm going to go ahead and ask to just put some maybe quiet worship music on. I'm just going to pray over all of you, Jesus. Uh, thank you, God, for the beautiful new garments you're putting on your kids. <laughs> the shining ones, huh? these shining ones. these amazing ones that you choose to represent you here on earth because you are well pleased with them. They're yours. You believe in them far more than they could ever believe in themselves. And also, Jesus, just help us reassure, reassure us all that you are so thrilled with the journey, that you are not one bit impatient or worried and some of you need to hear this you are right where you're supposed to be none of us arrived fully fully you know who we're, who we're supposed to be it's the delight of our father in heaven that this is a growing process it's his delight because your true authority is only realized when you have to contend for it. Because it's going to be worth it. It is so going to be worth it. It's so going to be worth it. You're farther along than you know. So you can go ahead and, and keep processing with Jesus if you're going to a place with him. That's awesome. Um, but if I could have a few of the ministry people to come up front, if there is anyone who would like to receive prayer. Um, but very often, the best thing of all is what Jesus gives you directly, isn't it? <laughs> it's awesome. You guys are amazing. God bless you.